There are no accidents. You are here for a reason. Everyone you meet brings a lesson you were meant to learn. Welcome to Meant to Be, a show that covers the tools and teachings of spirituality and personal development to help us connect with our soul, build a relationship with the divine, and step into our true gifts. I'm your host, Janine Ellsworth, and I thank you for sharing this space with me. Our time here together was meant to be. Let's get into the episode. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Thanks for being with me today. I'm Janine, your host. Uh, it's, it's an awesome time of the year, isn't it? We're full swing into Libra season. Uh, it's a beautiful autumn morning here in Pittsburgh where I live. The air is crisp. The sky is blue. That's the leaves are changing colors. It's just such a great time. And I'm feeling the sense of kind of a hunkering down and that kind of caretaking and family um, togetherness time. I don't know about you. We've got a lot of family celebrations coming up this week. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also, to be completely frank with you guys, I'm feeling that pull. There's a dichotomy, right? Like I, I want the togetherness. I want the time with family. Um, it's long overdue. You know, we have a lot of catching up to do from COVID. And uh, at the same time, as as I step deeper into my real self, my authentic human beingness and my spiritness, um, and really embrace everything that it means to be the manifester I truly am and all that comes with my energy and my boundaries, the need to protect and honor my boundaries energetically and um, just just for for the sake of my my sanity, right? Um, I'm having that pull of, of is, am I doing this out of obligation? Am I attending events out of obligation and a sense of responsibility and guilt, which is a big motivator for me? Or am I doing it because I want to? And there's always that question through life about what we're making our choices based upon. And I think it's so interesting because, you know, you can look at things like human design and, and other some other tools about how to live your best life. And it's so sometimes can feel really rigid about setting down your boundaries. And, you know, if you don't feel like doing something in the moment, you shouldn't have to do it, you know, don't force yourself. Uh, but, you know, I'm coming off of a lifetime of sort of blowing things off at the last minute and um, looking forward to like uh, my cousin's baby shower. I didn't get to her wedding, you know, it was out of town, I didn't go. And so it's like, you got to show up at some of the things, right? And it, it will be, it will be a nice time of togetherness. Anyway, um, Mercury is no longer in retrograde. Thank you, Jesus. Um, we're getting our dishwasher parts replaced. I told you about that explosion um, that we had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, there have been some misunderstandings, some communication breakdowns, some hurt feelings over the past few weeks. How have you guys been doing with all that? The big planets, the outer planets are all still in retrograde, so we're going to keep being asked to review some stuff, um, important themes in our lives. You know, where, we, where could we do better this time around? Which brings me to a big announcement that I want to make and an invitation to, that I'd like to extend 
before I get into the meat of the episode today, which is about angel numbers. So I'm excited to bring you that. But before I do, I wanted to make sure you knew that I am hosting a live free virtual workshop beginning this Friday at noon Eastern. Um, If you go onto Eventbrite or you go to my website, you can find it under Discover and Nurture Your Child's Greatest Gifts. This is for you parents out there. I am feeling like it is my moral obligation as a good citizen of the world to bring to you guys the best that I can offer as a high-level introduction into using human design to help you understand your kids better. You're talking to someone here that I'm so passionate about this because of the way that I learned as a, my own self, as a child, as a teen, as a young adult, to hide my real self. Um, never in a million years would I have ever thought that I would turn on a microphone and put my voice out into the world on a podcast for other people to hear because I was so ashamed of who I really was deep down that I, I didn't even know who she was. Every single time uh, as a child that I stepped forward in what I knew to be my real voice, I got in trouble. I told you guys some really yuck stories about how I used my powers to wield in a very clumsy and and reckless kind of way. And um, as a little child manifester, I was very stubborn. I'm preparing the content um, right now for this workshop, in fact. And as a little exercise, part of part of what I'll be handing out to parents or distributing via digital technology magic, um, I texted my family. We have this like running text thread that's just like sometimes can just chatter all day long. But um, I asked my family, what, in one word or two words, what, how would you describe me as a kid? And I knew what they were going to say. There were a couple of surprises in there. My sisters actually threw me some positive ones. I, I didn't know I was cuddly or um, they said I was funny and fun to play with, um, which was a surprise. Um, but yeah, it was feisty, stubborn, smart aleck. My mother always likes to say I was born with my hand on my hip. So I just had an attitude from birth. And I knew I knew that they would say this, but this is like to illustrate the point of how a child can grow up with a certain belief system about his or herself based upon the way they are treated and positioned in the family, within the dynamic, what role we are assigned. And the moment we show that we're maybe a difficult kid, whether we're a manifester kid or not, uh, we can really start to incorporate the beliefs of our family into ourselves and then feel shame and fear of showing up as our real self. And we believe, we start to believe that we have to show up as someone else who is more palatable, who is more acceptable in the public sphere, who will be accepted and who will be, you know, considered, uh, be a nice girl, be a good kid. Uh, so, it was very difficult through my life. And I'm not blaming my parents for, you know, they did the best they could. They were wonderful people. They are wonderful people. And and today I have an, an, a fabulous relationship individually with both of them. And, and this is not to blame. This happened with teachers. This happened with peers where I did not know how to wield my powers is what I'm saying. 
and children come into this world with a sack full of tools, of gifts that they can wield and use to everything that they will need to get through life in a, in a way that is functional and robust and will bring them ease and satisfaction and success. And they need to be taught how to use those. And what I'm, what I'm asserting is, and what I'm reflecting on as an adult is that I just had no freaking idea how to use the gifts that I came here with. And so I've spent the last several years trying to figure that out and really, really use the power of my voice and my provocation and my uh, struggle and my wealth of knowledge that just keeps replenishing. Those are the gifts I came with and I am... I have been clumsy using them and and I'm getting better. And I want to empower parents. I want you to know the bag of tools that your child came to this earth with and so that you can work with them to support them. And let's talk about and workshop together in this container how you can support them into using those gifts to their highest expression for their highest and best use. Okay, and so... Again, I am by no means a parenting expert, and I'm not even a human design expert. I am going to be a lifelong student, but I have got a lot of life experience and awareness and parenting experience and time in a classroom with children, numerous classrooms, in fact. Um, We can workshop this together. I can highlight the tools that your child has and show you where to start supporting, nurturing, and guiding them. And also, you'll learn how to create more peace in your home. Because I can't tell you how, how beneficial this has been as a tool for my husband and me to use with our own children, with each other, with our, to understand our entire family dynamic and why this one does this and that one does that. My daughter, the generator, she spent this morning before school um, timing herself how long she could hold a handstand and how long she could walk on her hands in the living room. She's a generator. She needs to get this energy out. And she also has gate 41 as her conscious son. And that is the gate of contraction. And that that puzzled me for a long time. What the hell does that mean? These are people who need to experience new feelings. They are driven by an urgency and a persistent drive to feel new feelings. She wants to feel it all. And when she was a baby and she couldn't conk out and go to sleep ever, any movement across the room, if there was a bird that fluttered outside, she would just, her attention was drawn right to it, eyes wide open. She couldn't calm down because she, her little body was thirsting for an experience, thirsting for a feeling and a sensation. It's all she lives for. And you know what? The beauty of that is to show the rest of us how to live and appreciate and just bask in the joy and the beauty and the magic of this earth. Of, of being, the beauty of being, her sense of wonder and zest for excitement and feeling. Oh, do you feel it? It's so delicious. She shows me how to live. And if I had continued down the path that I was on, I, you know, talking to sleep consultants and, and other, other people, who child psychologists and, and consulting with experts saying, you know, I was so panicked that she might have some kind of a hyperactivity disorder or something. No, this child needs to burn off her energy. 
and she needs to feel things. And so now that I know how to let her, oh, it's so much more peaceful. And likewise with my son, he's a projector. He likes to tell people what to do. He likes to explain how he knows things. And unless I intervene, you know, with some constructive course correction, he'll just keep doing that. But we're working together to help him understand that some people need to screw up on their own and learn from their own mistakes. And you go ahead and focus on what you're really good at. And then they come to you for advice and and your expertise because they know you're sitting over there mastering your craft. And sometimes, unfortunately, that is Minecraft, but ugh, screens. Uh. Um, yeah, we're curbing that too. But there's also something about him as uh, he's, a, he's a splenic uh, authority and that he, he has such an intense knowing in the now. There's so much right now knowing. And so it's just so powerful to and accept that his intuition for what's safe and right and healthy for him in this moment is something that I need to honor, not fight. Because I used to fight it a lot and we would get into a lot of arguments and I would force him to join activities or sign up for things and he would resist and resist and resist and it's because in the now in the moment as I'm trying to convince him it's not good for him he can't have that right now he's like a deer in the woods his his spidey senses are like super on and he's aware all the time and so I'm learning to trust his intuition and we're also learning to work with him on how to plan for the future because it's hard it's hard to make plans when you Ask somebody who's splenic, do you want to sign up for, you know, trumpet lessons? You know, they don't start for a month and it's, it's a hard no. We're like, yeah. And then that month comes and, and it's a different answer. So we have to learn to work with timing. And, and it's, it's a really interesting way to approach parenting now that I have this lens. So... All this to say, I want to share this with you guys. And so I want to build this container. I have built it. We're going to meet on Friday. There are plenty of spaces open. I, I invite anybody who's a caregiver, a grandparent, an educator to come and, and participate with us. And I'll be asking for your feedback because I will never offer this for free ever again. This is the one shot. So get in early. This is in, like the new paradigm of parenting. And it's it's going to change how you do things in it. It's going to change the vibration of your household, I guarantee it. And so you're going to learn some stuff about yourself too. And it's going to be really, we're, we're going to try to be fun, you know, but there's some hard work to do. So join us. Let's do this. Uh, you can go to the, the link is on Eventbrite. The link is all over my Facebook page. The link is on my website at janineellsworth.com. Okay, discover and nurture your child's greatest gifts. I hope to see you there. Okay, let's get on to angel numbers. Hey guys, how's it going? Janine here. So glad you could be with me today. I want to talk about angel numbers because it occurred to me I was yammering on about how exciting I or how excited I get over angel numbers and somebody asked me like, "What are you talking about? What do you I never heard of this." And so I guess I'm just too steeped in the spirituality world 
to realize that some people haven't heard of this. So that's why I want to talk about them today because they're magic. As I always say, there's magic all around us. And so angel numbers are essentially a sequence of a repeated pattern of numbers that you see like in triples or in quadruples. Anywhere where you see like triple twos in a row or fours, those are the ones I see all the time. Those are angel numbers. You can interpret them as an angel visiting you. Uh, They're sending a message or they're simply letting us know that they are nearby and that if we need comfort or access or guidance, you can call upon your angels because they're there all the time. So angel numbers, we essentially draw them from numerology and this is the study of numbers, which I don't know if you know this, but it comes from (laughs) ancient Babylon and ancient Egypt. But it's like that same phenomenon, which I can't remember the name of, where two people have the exact same idea at like roughly the same time, but just there's no way that they would have communicated with one another, two totally different parts of the world. So we're going back to like really, really ancient early days um, when people in ancient Babylon started using numerology, but then so did people in... Uh, China and Japan. And then there was the Western version, um, which they call Pythagorean, Pythagoras, yeah, Pythagoras, who was um, a mathematician and a philosopher, astronomer. What was he? He was, anyway, he was Greek. And so uh, that name alone gives me a little bit of PTSD because I think I learned about it in algebra. Right or one of the one of the mathy things that you have to learn, which I was never good at. But when we start talking about numbers and spirituality, then my ears perk up because I'm ready to pay attention. If you've ever noticed geometry and patterns and sequential numbers appear everywhere you look in the natural world, so consider the perfect geometry of a honeycomb or the perfection in the fractal of a snowflake, or in the arc of a snail, for example. Have you guys heard of the Fibonacci sequence? So this goes back to the 1200s, and there was a guy named Leonardo Fibonacci, who was a mathematician, or actually, I might be making that part up. He was trying to make some calculations about, uh, maybe for farming or for... for, um, food production purposes, basing it on um, rabbit reproduction. And so he came up with this sequence of numbers that creates this perfect repeating pattern, no matter what you do, no matter how high you count. And the way that it works is that every number in the sequence is the sum of the two numbers just before it. So start with me here. We have zero, one. Zero plus one is one. One plus one is two. 1 plus 2 is 3, 2 plus 3 is 5, 3 plus 5 is 8, 5 plus 8 is 13. And that is where my math skills stop. I'm not doing that. In my head, what is it, 21 would be 8 and 13? I suck at this. I don't know. Anyway, the pattern or the sequence is evidence, uh, is evident, excuse me, all over the place in nature. That snail shell, it's like a perfect geometric arc, whatever those numbers represent, that they add up in geometry to make a complete swirl or spiral that is like perfectly in alignment. It's the exact same arc as a galaxy, 
And it's the exact same arc as a storm system, like like the eye of the tornado. Look up there. There's the the twister cloud, right? I think it's super fascinating, and there's so much that numbers can tell us. Further evidence, there is something called the Voronoi pattern, and I'm probably saying that. I'm butchering that name. I don't know what it is. V-O-R-O-N-O-I pattern. And this has to do with geometric lines and points that are somehow perfection and they show up in things like the giraffe, the pattern on a giraffe's fur, or when you think about a big expanse of desert where there's cracked mud, it's like exact perfect sequence of points and distance between points and how they spread and make different shapes. So, okay, this is not, I am by no means any kind of an expert, but all this to say Numerology is the study of numbers and their associations with the real world, with the tangible, how math makes a leap from the 5D into the 3D. And so angels are using math to effectively cross over, to speak to us into our nuts and bolts 3D realm of tangible stuff to connect with us. So if you happen to be seeing the same sequence of numbers over and over and over again, you just might be making contact with an angel or a spirit guide. Uh, Lately, I've been seeing a ton of triple twos and fours. They show up on the clock, on my odometer, on a phone number, um, on the sign at the gas station. (laughs) They show up on a doorway. Actually, as a matter of fact, this morning, I took my kids to the dentist And we were in a hurry on the way there, but on the way out, a little more leisurely, and right as I was about to get in the car, I realized everything stopped in the world for me as my gaze was pulled upward, and I realized we we had parked right in front of address 444 on that street. They're everywhere. Page numbers, two-factor authentication codes, you know, when you try to log into something and it tells you it's going to text you the code. They show up all the, all over the place. And so it's funny because, and you may relate to this, where you are suddenly, your attention is suddenly drawn, like that moment in front of the house, 444, outside of my car. You, your, your awareness is like, all of a sudden drawn to this. And so you have to ask yourself, of course, like, is that really the price of gas, 4.44 a gallon, or is that really the phone? Like, okay, there's this real estate agent's uh, for sale sign outside of someone's house, and their phone number is 888. La la la. Okay, coincidence? Maybe, maybe, you know. But it's all about how you choose to see the world. If you choose to see nothing but numbers, go about your merry day. But if you choose to see a message from the divine, hey, great, go for it. I'm going to tell you in a second what some of these number sequences mean. You tell me which ones are common for you to see, but I get a lot of, like I said, twos and fours and sometimes threes and sometimes fives. But here, let's just cover these three real quick because the information is out there. You can gather this. I looked at several different websites and and compared and contrasted and they all kind of say the same thing. Plus... I have a beautiful deck of numerology cards crafted and 
produced and published by my my friend Rachel Grace, who I've mentioned all the time. Um, she was so kind to send me this. Thank you, Rachel. I love these. They're um, really helpful in like flashcards to help you memorize what each number means in numerology. And so I am drawing upon her wisdom and genius and her expertise um, along with along with a, a smattering of other resources. So, okay, twos represent balance. It's like this equal give and take, determination and courage. Um, when we see them in repetition, however... You might need to ask yourself, and this might be what your angels are asking you, is to explore whether you're out of balance. There are, twos are calling our attention to, are we attending to our own needs versus are we letting other people or other activities drain our energy and our time and our attention? And are we in balance? Are you soaking in a bunch of worry and panic and paranoia from other people or are you expending all your energy on something that's not meant for you? Or do you give yourself the permission to do th- things that are bringing you joy and bringing you that sense of harmony that you we all need? So if you're getting frustrated and jealous, jealous and out of balance, um, your angels would like you to take a time out and reflect so you can get yourself back into balance and take care of you. Maybe it's a self-care. It's the self-care angel. The angel of self-care. I don't know what his or her name is, but... Okay, number three. Threes represent creativity and communication. They can also symbolize beauty and optimism and fun and lightheartedness. And on the other side of it, because everything... There's a polarity in everything, right? There's a good and a bad. They're asking you... Uh, are you out of, are you, are you, are you not utilizing your creative powers right now enough? Um, are you using them for good? Are you perseverating over things or being controlling or hanging on to the outcome? So threes are represented by, um, or they're, excuse me, they're associated with the zodiac sign of Gemini. And uh, they're ruled by Mercury, which is the messenger. And so if you see a lot of threes, your angels want you to explore whether perhaps you're delivering your messaging and your creativity in the right way, or are you doing so from your shadow side? Are you being too fixated on everything having to be perfect? And then that that will zap your creativity, right? You got to be able to let yourself just flow without the constraints of perfectionism and what it ends up being in the end. Okay, and fours, uh, triple fours or a number of fours in a row, doesn't have to be three. This uh, number represents stability, foundation, practicality, hard work, commitment, all that good stuff that usually kind of makes us think about career and or what we're doing for uh, productivity, right? Um, but it can also show us when we're being overly tuned into that stuff. And, and that manifests as greed and um, too, seri- too much seriousness. Um, again, this focus on the outcome, um, rigid about what we're trying to force to happen and not going with that flow. And so 
when we see, again, when we see these angel numbers, these, these patterns, there can also be one, two, three, four, or like the, and that's always a favorite on the clock. You know, everybody loves make a wish at 1234 or 1111. Yeah, they all mean something. And if you see a pattern repeating in your life, consider tapping into your angels, asking them what might they be trying to tell you. Okay, everybody, that's just a real quick overview. I hope that you can look up the the numbers that you're seeing frequently and always know that there's more out there than meets the eye. All right, have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for sticking around all the way to the end of the episode. I hope it brought you some ideas for ways you can reflect on your own life and some insight into how you can connect with your spirit. If you'd like to work with me one-on-one to uncover your unique gifts through human design, come on over to my website at janineellsworth.com. Book a session or sign up for my newsletter. I would be delighted to share space and energy with you there. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at janinejustlikeitsounds. Till next time, be well, everyone.